You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Faraz, Zach are here to help you go over the wide receiver rankings, make some start-sit decisions. Uh, going to go over our tight end rankings as well. Let's talk about tonight's game also. Um, yeah. In terms of, you know, injuries going into the week, you know, the guys like Mike Williams, you know, he's he's practicing uh, in, in a limited fashion. Uh, Jalen Waddle left the game as well last week, uh, came back into the game. He has uh, a fibula injury, but he practiced uh, in a limited fashion yesterday as well. Um, so those two guys seem to be on track to play this week. I like uh, Jalen Waddle's matchup this week. He's you'll probably see a lot of Asante Samuel Jr. and that's okay. Um, and um, I'm thinking, what else? The Seahawks situation is interesting as well. If you guys noticed on Tuesday when we did our waiver wire rankings, um, we put in Travis Homer as our Seahawks running back to pick up, and uh, he was the only one to practice yesterday. Um, DJ Dallas did not practice yesterday. Uh, Kenneth Walker did not practice yesterday either, but obviously you couldn't pick him up on waivers. Um, you know, Tony Jones would have been the next guy up. Uh, but it seems to me like with Travis Homer practicing on Wednesday, uh, he should be rostered right now. Uh, they are going up against yeah. the Panthers this week. So, you know, if DJ Dallas is out and if Kenneth Walker is out, I would feel comfortable starting Travis Homer as an RB two, um, because of the fact that, I liked what I saw out of him in preseason. I liked what I saw out of him in his limited opportunities this season. He's a good pass catcher. So if he gets some work on early downs and he retains his passing down role, I think he can do some things this week. Yeah, I'm in agreement. And just so you know, this isn't just for us being a uh, Travis Homer stand. You know, obviously we know he likes Travis Homer a little bit, but I think that, you know, this definitely warrants consideration for your starting lineup this week because he could be, you know, the only healthy running back there. And he might not get 25 carries. He might have got 20 carries. He might be, he's going to get a solid workload enough because you need to have at least a little balance. As much as we'd love to see them hand the ball to Gino and just, you know, let him do his thing, let him cook, throw the ball 30, 40 times, you know, that would be great, especially for the receivers. But I think they definitely want to, um, you know, keep a little balance, try to maintain as much balance as possible. And if that's the case, then Travis Homer's going to be a big part of that especially coming out of the backfield, because there isn't much else in that backfield if Kenneth Walker's missing and DJ Dallas is out. Um, what they did sign was a Wayne Gallman. I'm not sure what his role would be, but it wouldn't be enough to make um, Travis Homer irrelevant. So I, I think I'm in agreement there. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know, he's expected to play tonight. Uh, apparently yeah. Baker Mayfield might get a chance to play tonight. Like, I, I don't really understand how. Apparently they gave him the playbook on the way in, but I don't know, man, like, if he plays tonight, it's going to be a little bit of a mess, but you know we'll, well see what happens. Look at the Go offense; ahead. it's probably like the practice squad that's out there at this point. You know, so <laughs> if you just put somebody else in in there that doesn't have a whole lot of game experience, doesn't really know the playbook, you know, you could dial up simple plays and hope for the best. I mean, this should be a win for the Raiders, even though they kept it close with the Seahawks last week. The Rams just are not a good team right now. Um, they're not going to be because they're missing not only a bunch of talent with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and them out, but even when they were on the field, they weren't that good. So they're definitely hurting right now. I think that the Raiders are going to get this one. The only players I'm really interested in terms of a fancy perspective for tonight's game would be guys on the Raiders. And they're the usual suspects. It's Devontae Adams. It's it's Josh Jacobs. Um, I'm not sure. Darren Waller isn't playing, right? But he's close. No, he's not, he's not playing this week. I think he's said he's, he'll be good to go next week. Right. 15. So, yeah, maybe Foster Morrow. And then Derek Carr, as we know, we have higher expectations for him, so he might not do very well tonight. We'll see. Remains to be seen. But the Rams, I'm not interested in really starting anybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, Derek Carr, you know, he has a good matchup this week. Um, you know, we don't know if Jalen Ramsey's really going to stick with Devonta Adams. He hasn't really been shadowing a whole lot. But still, like, on that left side, the Rams have given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. That's where Devonta Adams runs most of his routes from. So, right. you know, he's in for a good matchup. We'll see what the Rams choose to do, whether they choose to the shadow Devonte with Jalen or not that seems to me like if I were the Rams I would just do that right like it seems to right. me like they've been giving up so much production through the air over the last four weeks I think it's, they've given the most passing yards to quarterbacks over the last four weeks so you know they, they gotta keep Devonte in check because he's just been balling um well you know from a fantasy perspective we don't want him to but 
uh, you know, we kind of, you know, that's that was that's what would make sense to me, at least. Um, yeah. If you're interested in looking remotely competitive. Yeah, I, I think that's what you have to do. But the Rams, I, I think they're kind of giving up on. I think season, I so. think they're tanking uh, to get an uh, uh, you know, earlier first round pick. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. They don't have they don't have one. Um Let's see. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he didn't practice on Wednesday. That what looked like a knee injury turned into a sprained toe. So he has a sprained toe, <laughs> yep. and he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he said he'll be good to go to play this week. I wouldn't worry about it too much. DeAndre Swift back on the injury report with I'm an ankle so injury. Mad. You know, you know <laughs> uh, what that means. <laughs> I don't know what he, that he, means. He, he really picks up a de- he picks up a designation. I don't want to say that he's going to go back to the minimal workload that he had before but this kind of dashes my hopes a little bit for him you know getting that same role that we saw last week i wouldn't be surprised if we saw jamal williams get more carries you know obviously it was a little bit of a surprise seeing deandre swift get more carries last week but i think he could have held on to that but this kind of just makes me feel like jamal williams you know he's going to be the primary you know early down guy and run game goal line it might just be the receptions that buoy deandre swift's production this week i hate to see this because he was finally healthy it took him so long to get back <laughs> I wouldn't overreact from from the Wednesday practice. Hopefully he'll be fine. I'm hoping for a, a, a full on Thursday. Hopefully he's not limited uh, on well, on like today. Like I'm hoping he's not limited. If he's if he's full today, I'm I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Do you think it's like is this something that he picked up in practice? Like I don't think so. I think it's him just being thrown on the injury report again. Oh, my knee is sore. Yeah. I think it's just a maintenance. Or ankle is uh, sore. Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a Wednesday. He he had more of a workload this past week than he had, you know, over the past like six weeks. So like eight weeks. So like, yeah, I think they're just maintaining him a little bit. Uh, because the Lions are trying to get to the playoffs here. So And um, the funny thing is they could. And they didn't lose oh, yeah. much ground because Washington and New York died. So yeah. <laughs> they didn't lose any ground. Exactly. Uh Traylon Burks, he's in the concussion protocol. He didn't practice on Wednesday. I wouldn't expect him to play this week, but you know, just keep an eye on that. If he does play, I'm perfectly fine throwing him in my lineup as a solid wide receiver three. Um, David Njoku, he's back in practice, which is a great sign. Um, so if he's playing, you play him pretty yeah. much. That, that's it's that it's that simple. Um, he'll you, you'll see. He's probably like a top one of my top six or seven tight ends. I think he's six. Week, so. I think he's at yeah, six he's right six. now. Yep. There you go. Um, Michael Carter is back. Oh, we mentioned this yesterday, right? That he came back to practice. Yeah, he did. He yep. came back to practice yesterday. We we talked about this on the podcast. Um, so he should get to go. Joe Mixon, by the way, he practiced in full as well. Um, he should be good to go this week. Uh, he should be out of the concussion protocol with that full practice. Um, yeah. But and, and if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode about Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight, we're not worried about Zonovan Knight's role. And and Robert Sala kind of affirmed that. Zonovan Knight's still going to have had that role. So not really worried about it. I'm still starting him as a solid RB2 this week, even with uh, Michael Carter back. Right. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, on the Rams side, I'm not really starting anybody tonight. Um, no. <laughs> honestly, like uh, Cam Akers, like, you know, if you're if you're really desperate at running back, you know, I – where do I where did I have Cam Akers yesterday? I think I had him at the top 30 running back. I had him yeah. around 27 to 28 or something like that. 28. Yeah, so Maybe. something around there. So he's mad, a high yeah. RB three ish type of guy. We'll see what the Rams like to want to do. It'll be interesting to see. Like, will he get another big workload? Um, you know, who's going to be the passing down guy? I'm also interested in that as well. Um, you know, if Baker Mayfield comes in and becomes their quarterback, target distribution might change a little bit. Maybe he likes to dump it down more. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like we said, this is kind of liable to go any direction with these running backs because last week it was Kyron Williams. This week it's Cam Akers. So, yeah. um, last, so last Devontae, the week before, I should say. Go ahead. Devontae Adams, you're obviously starting him. Derek Carr, he's like a uh, high-end QB2 this week. Um, Matt Collins, he's like a desperate flex, but somebody that could get you 10 points in a PPR league if you need it. Um, although the Rams have been doing relatively well on that side. Um, you know, but you know, they've been letting up a little bit. So overall on the perimeter, the Rams haven't been great. So I think Matt Collins is a decent start this week, you know, as a low end. I don't even say I was a borderline wide receiver three. We'll see right. what I have. I think I have him around 30. And I think that's about it, guys, um, for the game. So let's let's get right into the wide receiver rankings. Let's get right into it. I got Devontae Adams at number one here. Surprise, yeah. two weeks in a row. He was number one last week. And did he finish as the overall wide receiver one last week? I think he did. Uh, he did, yes. He did. Okay, boom. 
There you go. That's all you need <laughs> that to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, He's been fantastic. That's all you have to say. He's on a tear. There's no reason not to start him as a wide receiver one this week overall. He has that sale. If, if it continues, like, listen, man, he runs most of his routes from the left side. The Rams have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left side this this year. What can change? Jalen Ramsey shadowing him. That can change that up. Jalen Ramsey hasn't been playing in the nickel as much as he was early on in the year. So maybe that they end up doing that, but we'll we'll see. Right. Either way, you're firing him up. I got Amon Ra at number two. This is the highest that he's been all year long, but he's going up against Minnesota. And, you know, part of the reason why I have him up here is because I like his matchup a lot more than guys like Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, guys who would normally be above him. And in most weeks, they would be. Uh, but yeah. I have him here at number two against Minnesota. This is a, I think it's a 52 and a half over under, something like that. Um, so, you know, out of the slot, you know, <laughs> players have done extremely well against Minnesota. And Amon Ra, you know, he's absolutely been killing it lately. I think it's over the last few games, he's leading the, he's second. To only to Devonta Adams in receiving yards. That's ahead of Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, all those guys. So he's been killing it lately. And um, yeah, this matchup is, is one of the best that you're going to see uh, for all of these wide receivers. And, you know, there could be a lot of points scored in this one. Yeah, no, I was kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie. When I saw that Amon Ross St. Brown was at two, but then I was like, hang on, wait a minute. Got to look a little deeper than this. And we see that he's playing Minnesota, like you said. And that justifies it, you know, right there. Because Minnesota has been allowing tons of points. They allowed Mac Jones to throw for almost 400 yards. You know, a bunch of guys had good games that week. Last week, same story with the Jets, you know. Garrett Wilson had a big game. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's been playing, like you said, a man possessed. So I think that he's going to be fantastic this week. There's no reason not to have him at two. I think you have to keep him under Devontae Adams. It makes sense because Devontae Adams has been on a similar tear, if not a better tear. You know, he's scoring more. And he has a great matchup, too. Yeah. Yeah, and he has a great matchup. That's true. Um, but I, I don't think – I think there's definitely, you know, a merit to having him here at two. Some people might not agree. They might be like, oh, you're overvaluing the matchup. That's not the case with this defense. Minnesota's defense is just perfect for fantasy football production. And I'm Ross St. Brown. This whole Lions offense, you know, has been much better, and they've been, you know, really on a tear. So I think that Jared Goff and them can get it done this week. And having him at two, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, regardless, Amon Ra is going to be a top six wide receiver, you know, with these right. other guys, Devonta Adams, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. He's going to be there. So it's just a matter of like, you know, number one, who's hot. Number two, uh, you know, who has the best matchups. Number three, you know, who's a legit good wide receiver, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. makes this top six right here. And that's how we're going to shuffle these guys. Um, but Amon Ra, like this week, you know, really excited to see what he could do. Um, that, that touchdown regression that that he has, you know, positive regression has come his way over the last couple of weeks. Let's see if it continues. Um, I like Tyreek Hill's matchup a little bit, um, especially, well, you know, we'll see because there is, you know, Bryce Callahan, you know, we'll see if he ends up playing in this game. Um, he has mm-hmm. a groin injury, um, you know, that would kind of solidify the Chargers nickel coverage and, you know. It's a tough matchup, I would say. But overall, this this over-under is at, I think, 51 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. 50, yeah, 51 and a half. Miami's that's, favored by three and a half. Yeah, that, that seems is a that little too high to me. The, the over-under, I think, I think it seems a little low. I mean, there's tons of weapons on these offenses. And, you know, the way that Justin Herbert's been playing better, too. Uh, obviously, they had a tough outing against the Niners last week, but I think this could be a really good matchup. I mean, they flex this to Sunday night, to Sunday night football for a reason. And I think that we could see fireworks because I think it's a good game for sure. Two very, two very high powered offenses with like, you know, middle of the pack defenses Um, in terms of fantasy production. I think this is definitely a good game, a game with the target. It should be on that post that we're going to put out later tomorrow. Right. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Um, Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you got to have Tyreek Hill regardless, you know, of the matchup. And this is a neutral matchup at, you know, at worst. You know, so Tyreek yeah. Hill, you know, is going to be able to do his thing. And Justin Jefferson at Detroit at number four. The last time that these guys played against each other, Jeff Okuda. And Jeff Okuda had a little bit of help. I'm not saying it was all Jeff Okuda. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Justin Jefferson had one of his worst games of the season against the Lions. He ran every route. You know, it's not like he wasn't on the field. But he only caught three balls for 14 yards. So Jeff Okuda and company... 
did a really good job against Justin Jefferson. They're, they'll probably do something similar, you know, with him. Their goal, obviously, in that game was to take Justin Jefferson away, right? Um, it's not like they put Okuda on him. They're just like, okay, you handle him. No, you know, they're going to give him a little help, which makes sense. Um, because when you take away Justin Jefferson, that you give yourself a better chance of winning. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't lose that game. <laughs> but yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm tempering expectations on Jefferson. However, like, you're obviously firing him up. That's that's one of the reasons why I have him down here at four. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a great game either. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a great game either because you look at Justin Jefferson and um, I think to myself, yeah, maybe Jeff Okuda and company, was they were able to limit him in that first matchup. But do you really see a team playing Justin Jefferson twice and holding him to that type of production both times. Like, I, I just no. don't see it. I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I think I'm kind of giving Justin Jefferson a mulligan here. He's not going to – the matchup doesn't scare me at all. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And where there's points, I think you're going to find Justin Jefferson. So I have him perfectly. I have him at four, you know, two. I, I think that I would agree with this ranking. I, I don't think there's anything that would keep me from putting him here. Uh, definitely, I would leave him under Tyreek Hill. I would definitely leave AJ Brown under him. Yeah, I, this feels right. I'm looking around the guys that we have. Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown has a better matchup, but Justin Jefferson, I, I'm not worried about him at all. So you can say, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe Jeff Okuda lock him up. Maybe you can look back at that and be like, okay, yeah, maybe we can temper expectations. But I'm really not. I'm going into this matchup like, okay, he he's got a green. If you look at the sleeper game log, you know it's a green matchup. They're allowing a lot of points. I'm looking at that, and just, you know, <laughs> setting my lineup and forgetting it's Justin Jefferson. Of like, course, let's not, of let's course. not get cute with it. You're playing him, but I have to justify yeah. my ranking somehow. Yeah, no, and, of course. And that's that's how I'm doing it. And you you know you saw Stefan Diggs against Detroit on Thanksgiving, like he was not happy in that game. Like he was, you know, he was pretty. Um, he was locked up most of that game. Yeah. And, you know, he was complaining about it and all that. The first half was a half to forget. He came through at the end because he's Stefan Diggs and he has Josh Allen, um, mm-hmm. especially at the end there to win the game. But, you know, someone to keep an eye on. The, the, the Lions are trying to lock down these number one wide receivers. Um, yeah. A.J. Brown at number five uh, against the Giants. I love this matchup for A.J. Brown. Um, you know, we talked about this last week when talking about the Giants, but um, – and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin had a good game against them. Um, but the Giants have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on that left perimeter over the last eight weeks. And guess where A.J. Brown runs most of his routes from? No, that from the left perimeter. Yeah, almost 50% of his routes from the left perimeter. So A.J. Brown has a chance to do his thing this week. And then we got Stephon Diggs in a tough matchup against the Jets. That's why he's all the way down at number six. Um, you know, the first time these guys went up, up against each other, he had a decent, decent game. He did. Um, yeah. nothing too crazy, but he had a good game. Uh, so he could do the same again. But, you know, last week, these guys did a, a decent job on Justin Jefferson. And, you know, they could do a, do a decent job on Stefan Diggs. So out of all of these guys, I think Stefan Diggs probably has the lowest ceiling, uh, of the bunch this week. Yeah, I think that's possible. And if you remember, too, Josh Allen, you know, the Jets defense gave him fits in the passing game as well. You know, he did get it done with his legs in that game. But the only way Stefan Diggs is going to get the receptions and the production is if Josh Allen's having himself a day and a strong day. We're not sure if that's going to happen. It is a divisional matchup. The Jets, you know, they're they're very good on defense. So I think tempering expectations here with Stefan Diggs is good. I wouldn't put him over, you know, A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson or anyone like that. Um, but leaving him here at six, it might feel low. But I think that you're on to something here, um, you know, as far as the matchup goes, because they got two lock, lockdown corners pretty much, you know, in New York. And I, obviously, um, they've allowed some points these past few weeks, but I, I wouldn't expect that to continue as a regular trend. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the good offenses, you know, like, you know, when a good offense and good defense meet, you know, it's you know, it's like Something's what's going to happen. Give. Usually, usually the offense wins that usually. Yeah. Um, you know, based how the NFL rules are and all of that. But. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a good game. The Jets in another one. This is a very important game for the Jets here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamar Chase at seven against Cleveland. Cleveland has been, you know, they've been giving up a lot of fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. But when you look at what they've done against uh, number one wide receivers, they've been holding it down for the most part, uh, which is why I didn't have him too high here. I mean, obviously, he's at, you know, this high is high enough. He's um, a solid wide but, receiver one, yeah. 
<laughs> but when you look at what they've done against like number one wide receivers, like on the outside, they like look at Tyreek Hill, five for 44 and only a touchdown. Jalen Waddle, four for 66. Stefan Diggs, four for 48. Chris Godwin, last week, um, I'm sorry, two weeks ago out of the slot, he went 12 for 110, but he was running all of his routes from the slot. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been multiple wide receivers who, you know, didn't necessarily go off on the outside. So this is one of the situations where I'm tempering my expectations. Uh, but obviously you're starting Jamar Chase. Um, you know, T. Higgins might end up going off because of it, because if they, you know, put more of their attention on Jamar Chase. Um, but all in all, overall, this is a decent matchup. It, it only isn't as good if Cleveland focuses on Jamar Chase and kind of like double team him, brackets him a little bit. Uh, but I would assume that Jamar Chase, you know, he can get it done in any matchup. He can take the top off of any defense. I wouldn't worry about it with him. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think I think maybe Jamar Chase feels a little low. I might, you know, kind of be tempted to put him over Stefan Diggs just because. I mean, the way Joe Burrow is playing, you know, I think that T. Higgins definitely benefited. He obviously got that touchdown last week and that helped his production. But I think if that touchdown goes to Jamar Chase, he has a huge game. And we saw Jamar Chase, he's looked like the Jamar Chase that we know. He's making some highlight real catches. That one that was almost a catch, the one hander on the sideline. It would have been cool if he could have completed it, but Joe Burrow's looking for him. I think that was kind of a quiet performance for him by his own standard last week. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, kind of pop off in this matchup. I mean, Cleveland isn't, you know, like you said, a perfect matchup, but they're not like a bad matchup either. So I, I trust no, they're, they're not to take care of business, especially with, like I said, with the way Joe Burrow's playing, he's just on fire. And this is kind of what we saw last, last season, this time they got hot at the end of the season and they look really good. And they just beat Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I think he has it in him. I think this might be a little bit conservative having him at seven. Yeah, I, I like Jalen Waddle this week. Um, I have him at eight here. Uh, the Chargers have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that left perimeter uh, in the seventh most this season. And Jalen Waddle runs most of his routes from that left perimeter. So I do like him this week. I would I would assume, like, the way that I'm thinking the, that the Chargers defend these guys, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have um, – uh, what's his name? Asante Samuel Jr., shadow Jalen Waddle, and, uh, and then I think they end up bracketing Tyreek Hill. You know, whether or yeah. not Bryce Callahan plays, especially on the routes that Tyreek Hill runs out of the slot, I think they end up bracketing him there. That's how they're going to try to attempt to do this, but it hasn't mm-hmm. worked. We're with Tyreek Hill <laughs> this year. Like, I think this is another game where Tyreek Hill can potentially go off, so I'm not really worried about it. Whether or not Bryce Callahan plays doesn't matter to me. It's not really going to affect Tyreek Hill that much. I mean, right. Bryce Callahan's a good nickel corner, but still, like, Tyreek Hill is going to take care of business. And I think Jalen Waddle, he's been a little bit quiet. I think he could pop off in this game. Yeah, the problem you run into with these Dolphins receivers is they both have run right past you and go the end zone speed. You know, so it's like you can't leave them really one-on-one because they're liable to be, be beat anytime, yeah. any corner. Like nobody's going to match Tyreek Hill's speed. Jalen Waddle's right up there in speed, you know. So they just have speed on speed at wide receiver. So bracketing them, like you said, is what's going to be required. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see many one-on-one looks for these guys because of the way that they play. Um, and that might be good. You know, they could find the soft spot in the zones. I think that this Chargers defense isn't very good. And like we've had them for pretty much all season, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are both, are both strong wide receiver one options. And that's funny to say still. I, I still think it's funny to say because who would have thought we'd have this pairing? I thought, I remember earlier coming in the season, I was like the Jalen Waddle breakout isn't going to happen. He still had a pretty solid season. Um, obviously, he's yeah. not matching reception totals, but these two guys, you know, they're both startable. Like, you could swap them every week in terms of where we have them ranked. Like, Jalen Waddle could be the third wide receiver three, you know, and then yeah. Ty Hill could be the wide receiver eight. I think they're going to finish inside the top ten, you know, more weeks than not. And that should happen against a Chargers defense that isn't that good. Agreed. Agreed. And and Chris Godwin, I have him here at nine. Um, you know, he runs most of his routes from the slot, and the San Francisco 49ers have given up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. This is a, a matchup that we have been taking advantage of every single week with whatever slot wide receiver goes up against the 49ers. We saw Tyreek Hill have some big plays out of the slot last week as well. So, you know, regardless of who it is, I think, you know, he's going to be able to get it done. That's why he cracked the top 10 this week because of that. And, you know, he's been Tom Brady's favorite target, you know, lately. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the reception totals have been up there. The targets have been up there. And I think in this game, you know, if anyone's going to do anything, you know, on Tampa, it's going to be Chris Godwin. Yeah, that's what I said. Do you think maybe this is like, you know, the skeleton key to beating, you know, the, the 49ers defense? Because, you know, they have that weakness at slot. And this is where Chris Godwin's been getting it done all season. You know, that's maybe- the problem, though. That's it. 
Like that's their only weakness. I, I don't think yeah. it will be enough to beat them. You know, but yes, like you know, God will put up numbers. <laughs> but that's I don't what I mean. Think, yeah, I, I don't know if for, the Bucks are going to be able to put up too many points in this one, especially in San Francisco. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But with Chris Godwin, I think you fire him up again. And like you said, some people might be like, "Oh, well, he only, he's only making you know production off of the catches." Well, who cares how he's making that production if he's you know having the consistency, the week to week consistency that he's had these past few weeks and he has upside you know he catches a touchdown you're in good shape and i think that's very possible this week against the niners if they're going to score a touchdown it's probably gonna go through chris goblin obviously mike evans has just been a slump i'm not sure what that's about maybe there's something else going on there but he hasn't been playing the way that we're used to seeing him play and obviously the running backs in um tampa bay they're good but they're not you know game changing at this point so i, I think chris goblin's gonna be able to get it done this week He's been elite in terms of his consistency. And like I said, with the targets that he's been getting, he has two straight weeks now with 13 targets. I don't expect that to change. Double-digit targets, again, should be on the menu. I got CeeDee Lamb at 10 here to round out the top 10. You know, he's been solid, you know, all year long. Um, yep. You know, Houston does not give fantasy points up to wide receivers. They've given up the third least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks, um, the fourth least over the course of the season. Um, so this is not a a defense that gives up a lot of uh, production. Number one, and number two, like they might not need to throw the ball that much in this game. Like Zeke I don't think and they're going Pollard to. are going to literally. I would say, what's the over under on the on the rushing on the rushing attempts by the running backs in this game? Like forty. I have no 38? idea. Is is there is there a no no? no is, I'm is just asking you. Like I'm asking you. For me. Like, what do you think the number is going to be? The combined, like attempts from I these think, running backs. I would say like 20, like 37, 38, something like that, like like 18 attempts it, each. It could be. I, I would. I think it kind of caps out, like you said, at 18 to 20 each. I, I wouldn't expect yeah. like a humongous performance from either of them. It's not going to go one way or the other, but if that's, Dallas that's goes, pretty big though. That's pretty yeah, big. Like 18 yeah, carries is. for two running backs, it's, it's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it, assuming they do that, Dallas should be up big. And then, yes. you know, Dallas and they've been in a couple games this season already where they have to they just pull their starters, you know, and they have the backup running backs come in. So that could actually pump up the total running back carries total, you know, um, at the end because I'm a Malik Davis guy. He had he looked pretty good last week. But um, yeah, I, I think the running backs are going to go crazy. I don't think that Prescott throws more than 25 passes. I'd actually be impressed if he had to throw more than 20 passes. You know, he didn't have to do yeah. a whole lot on, on uh, what's called through the air last week. And I don't think they're going to have to do that again this week. And that kind of has me tempering expectations for CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb's ceiling kind of caps out at like a touchdown and maybe six or seven catches because that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Like we said, I don't think that they're going to need him to do that much this game. And it's not an indictment on CeeDee Lamb. It's just game script in these types of matchups tends to be king. And CeeDee Lamb could be victim of that. Agreed. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 11 against New England. Number one wide receivers have done well against the Patriots. I'm not worried about this matchup at all. Uh, specifically on that left side, I'm pretty sure um, they have been given up. Let me take a quick look at that. Um, I'm looking at, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on his left side, New England has given up the fourth most fantasy points to uh, pr- uh, perimeter wide receivers on that left side over the last eight weeks and over the last four weeks. So good matchup for Hopkins. Hopefully he gets a target share because when Marquise Brown made his debut before the bye, he had more targets than Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. However, I love the matchup for Hopkins. That's why he's here at 11. Um, You know, I think most weeks, like if that target share ends up being similar or if it stays below Marquise Brown, Hopkins is going to move down. And I would assume it's going to be similar between him and Brown. But uh, I have him at 11 because I love the matchup this week. Yeah, and it's funny to say that you love the matchup against New England, but it's true. You know, this know. is the way they've been playing. <laughs> These past couple of weeks have been pretty bad for them. And overall, you know, I think that might be pulling their, uh, what's it called, totals down this season. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a stretch that the Cardinals are catching them on with a bad defense. So I think that DeAndre Hopkins can absolutely get it done. And I wouldn't, you know, rule out Marquise Brown maybe out-targeting him again. Even though I do like DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's a uh, so- more solid playmaker. I think he's going to get the looks in the red zone and, you know, closer to the goal line than maybe Marquise Brown. But um, I think look at what good. look at what the number one wide receivers have done lately against the Patriots. Stephon Diggs last week seven for ninety two and a touchdown. The week before that, Justin Jefferson nine for one thirty nine and a touchdown. Yep. Garrett Wilson six for one fifteen. Um, Amari Cooper didn't do so well because that was in New England, but he went four for forty four and a touchdown. <laughs> um, yeah. Another outside wide receiver, Josh Reynolds six for ninety two. Like 
Al Lazard, six for one sixteen. I'm keep going down. Tyreek Hill, eight for ninety four. Like th- there are there's production here, man. Like I know that yep. on like if you're looking at um, the fantasy points overall for wide receivers, they aren't as high. But a lot of it's you know hyper targeted. Like you, you, we always talk about Bill Belichick taking away that number one wide receiver. Yeah, that hasn't happened this year. And so the Cardinals have too. Worried about it. I, I wouldn't really call. I mean, I know, I know DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. You don't want to mitigate what his you know legacy is as a wide receiver one. But the thing is, Marquise Brown. I think he's a wide receiver one in his own right as well. So who do you yeah. who do you cover if you're the Patriots? You know, I think both of these yeah. guys could have a really good game because even though Marquise Brown might not have you know the jump ball contested catch. Um, ability of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Marquise Brown has this, the speed, you know, and the big play ability to make him also a wide receiver one in his own right. So two very different receivers, but they're both going to work on this offense. And like we said, with Kyler Murray playing better, at least it looked like he was, you know, with his full complement of weapons before the bye. I think both these guys could be really good. And I think 19, where we have Marquise Brown right now, that could be uh, actually pretty conservative. Uh, I think he could definitely finish up higher than that. I definitely agree. And, you know, it, it was tough ranking him that low, to be honest with you. But we'll get there. I do I, have a couple of questions around yeah. that, you know, between from, from Marquise Brown. Um, so I have I moved DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in pairs every yep. week because their production <laughs> has been so similar every single week. But I, I like Metcalf always a little bit more. So I, I got them at 12 and 13. You know, we mentioned, you know, them potentially missing Kenneth Walker this week. And, you know, them might having to, you know, have the ball in Geno Smith's hands a little bit more. Um, you know, whether that means more dump offs or whatever, but that's more points for Geno Smith in this passing game. Um, so yeah, like the matchup is fine for Metcalf and Lockett. So I'm I'm all about it. Um, you know, just have them here. They're gonna be in this range all year long, pretty much. Yep. They're, I think they're definitely high end wide receiver twos every week. Um, they're yes. kind of edging on, like you said, that's where we have them obviously this week, but they're kind of edging on the low end wide receiver one side of things right now with the way Geno Smith is playing and they're going to be making the playoff push. So they're going to have to, you know, go to their playmakers a lot more. I might put Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf just because it seems like even though DK Metcalf, you know, um, he's very good. And obviously we know he's like a transformer, but Tyler Lockett, I think his production and his workload has been a little bit more secure. If DK Metcalf didn't have that last minute touchdown, obviously, last week which i'm not saying he's not going to get that but up until that point tyler lockett was outscoring him pretty much by a pretty wide margin so i might put tyler lockett over dk metcalf if that matters i don't know how many people have dk metcalf and tyler lockett on their team but just a little thing that i'm noticing i i, I would maybe flip them but they're they the definitely why I have metcalf the reason why i have metcalf over lockett is because i value the upside, the weekly upside, more than the the consistent production. Like if you look at their game logs, for example, Tyler Lockett is very consistent. You know, every yeah. single week he's doing a similar thing. He had a he he put up a high ceiling game last week, but Metcalf, you know, has more of those boom weeks than Lockett does, and his, his floor has been similar to Lockett's consistency. So that's why I kind of like have Metcalf over Lockett just by an edge. Also, this particular week. Um, you know, Carolina has actually defended the slot really well this year. Um, they're, they've given up the least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last uh, eight weeks and the second least over the last four weeks. Uh, but when Lockett lines up on the right perimeter, that's when he's really going to be doing this thing because they've been giving up the second most fantasy points on that side. Uh, but so I kind of do like um, Metcalf's matchup a little bit more just because he plays the perimeter more than Lockett does. But Lockett, I think that's five games in a row uh, where he scored a touchdown. Yeah, five games in a row where he scored a touchdown. That's absolutely bonkers. Love it. Yeah. Love it for him. Especially playing alongside DK Metcalf. You got to think. like That's just crazy. Put that in context even more. It's even more impressive. Love it. I got T. Higgins at 14 here. Um, Keenan Allen at 15 um, out of the slot against Miami. I, You know, he's going up against an undrafted rookie. Keenan Allen is this week. So, you know, that I know, I know you talk, you talk to Miami fans, you know, they love this guy. He's a good story and all, but he ain't no match for Keenan Allen. Okay. No. Um, Christian Kirk at 16 against Tennessee. Tennessee has been uh, decent against the slot this year, but they've given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers as a whole. So it's going to be interesting to see what Kirk does this week. And I think I had, no, I didn't. I, 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 I was looking to see if I had, um, uh, what's his name? Zay Jones in my top 30. I have my like 31 or 32. Yeah. It was tough to rank, you know, DJ Shark, Adam Thielen and him like side by side. I was trying to figure out who to start, you know, who to rank over who, but 
Uh, yeah, I do like the outside receivers more than the slot, but it's Christian Kirk. He's the guy, the main guy on this offense. But I can see this be a Zay Jones game. It's possible. You know, we've seen Christian Kirk, you know, kind of, you know, certain games that he doesn't have a great matchup out of the slot. He doesn't do as well. But when in games where right. he does have an amazing matchup out of the slot, he has done well. So, so we'll see. Uh, you know how that goes this week but if you do have zay jones if you're looking for somebody like a little sleeper or some something you need somebody to throw in um you know he can do his thing because on the perimeter the the titans have given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year and over the last four weeks as well so zay jones can get it done for you as a solid flex play yeah any week is liable to be zay jones week but i think christian kirk you know he should be able to have a good matchup um this week, like you said, um, against Tennessee, they're coming off a beating by AJ Brown. And obviously Christian Kirk isn't AJ Brown, but they're kind of trending in the wrong direction on defense. So I, I think that we can kind of, you know, pencil in Christian Kirk. I think that him having him as I, he, I think he's a high end wide receiver to this week. Obviously the consistency hasn't been there, but you know, he's coming off a pretty good matchup. I think that he can, you know, build on that a little bit in a divisional matchup this week. I mean, they're trying to stay in the playoff on, I don't think they're going to make it anywhere, but um, yeah, he has it in him to have a good game. I would say so. Uh, Garrett Wilson against Buffalo. We'll see. You know, Tredavious White made his debut last week. He came back. Um, didn't play so many snaps. He did play some snaps in coverage. And, you know, but, you know, it, it, he's not all the way back yet. So, you know, we'll see. But Garrett Wilson, the way that he's been playing lately with Mike White, you got you to gotta play him. Is he too low here? I think he's a little low. I definitely have him over Christian Kirk. I think I okay. like Garrett Wilson's prospects Garrett Wilson with Mike White at quarterback. I think Garrett Wilson over Christian Kirk makes a lot of sense because there's Keenan a lot Allen? more weapons. Mm. I think I like Keenan Allen in this matchup against Miami. Okay, I think so that sixteen. He's fine I I I'm gonna agree with you here. So let's move Christian Watson, um, to I'm sorry, let's move Kirk. Garrett Wilson to Garrett Wilson sixteen <laughs> and Garrett Wilson to sixteen and Christian Kirk to seventeen. That's what I, I agree with you there. The question yeah. that I had for you now. Amari Cooper at Cincinnati, Marquise Brown versus New England. I have him at 18 and 19, respectively. Should we be moving Marquise Brown ahead of Amari Cooper? Yes. Okay. I was so going to say that before, but you said we get to this, but this is definitely Marquise Brown uh, territory. Listen, I like to create him. a little bit of suspense oh, yeah, for yeah. the listeners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Yep. No, I, I hear you. But... He- I can't wait until they talk about Marquise Brown. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Marquise Brown, I think he absolutely deserves to be above. Uh, Amari Cooper this week and you know the way I just talked about Marquise Brown earlier when we talked about DeAndre Hopkins I maybe would move him over Christian Kirk I I think that this is a good matchup I think that the Cardinals are going to be very good on offense as they were last week if not maybe even better because like we said this New England defense isn't playing that well but the thing for me is Amari Cooper you know I've obviously been a big Amari Cooper guy this season but I think this feels a little high for him if I'm being honest because obviously you can't buy too much into the, I, the only reason, thing. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Zach. Okay. And this is coming from the heart. Okay. The only right. reason why I have Amari Cooper this high is because of you. Like literally. That's really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I thought you were going <laughs> to yell at me. You, I thought you no. were going to give it to me today. No. To this no. podcast so for this having so low. Is it weird? <laughs> like, and to say that we didn't see, you know, this coming with the, you know, the poor production last week with the Sean Watson, a quarterback for the first time in two years. Um, that would be, you know, not true. I think we saw exactly. a little bit. It was, all, it was also an away game. It okay. was an away game, but that's what I'm saying. This is also an away game. I don't mm-hmm. know how much better Deshaun Watson's going to be than he was last week after a bonus week of practice. I don't think that's going to make the world a difference. And like we said, this is actually a pretty tough Cincinnati defense. So Deshaun Watson is pretty much a deciding factor in whether Amari Cooper is going to have a good game. At this point, you know, I was happier with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I'm not expecting very much for Amari Cooper. I think this feels a little bit high. Um, I think for the rest of the season, Amari Cooper might kind of, you know, I don't want to say he's going to shit the bed, but it might be it might be Deshaun Watson that helps him to do that. I think that Amari Cooper, we kind of have to lower expectations um, because Deshaun Watson did not look good. I'm not expecting him to look much better the rest of this season. The Browns are going to be out of the playoffs. So it's not like anything you can hope for that maybe they'll be playing meaningful football later in the season. This is as meaningful as, as it's going to get. And this is pretty much just see what you have in Deshaun Watson territory for the Browns. I'm moving Amari Cooper down. I, I'd maybe, I don't like Juju Smith-Schuster this high either, but I would definitely move Amari Cooper down from 18 because I think this is actually, you know, maybe his ceiling. Yeah, I, I'm with you. But is that an overreaction? I don't think it's a ceiling. I think a ceiling is overall wide receiver one of the week. I'm going to be playing Amari Cooper 
in so many DFS lineups this week. It's not even funny. Because really? Everybody's gonna okay. be off. everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be off of him. This is quite a flip. Because I was the emotional. Oh, no, 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 guy. no. In no. in season long, in season long, I agree. But yeah. I have a feeling everyone's gonna be off of him this week. He's gonna have like three percent ownership in DFS tournaments. And you know, this isn't a great matchup, but if Deshaun Watson turns it around in one week, like this is one of those situations where Amari Cooper is very talented. He could put up two touchdowns in 120 yards uh, in yeah. any given week. Uh, so that that's why I would play him all over the place. But I agree with you. In regular fantasy, you know, season-long leagues, this is what we're going to do. Keenan Allen at 15, Garrett Wilson at 16, Christian Kirk at 17. No. I would put Marquise, uh, Marquise Brown. There. Marquise Brown at 17, Christian Kirk at... 18 and then Amari Cooper at 19. That's what we're going to do. Boom. Done. All right. That sounds good. Juju yeah. Smith Schuster, I got him at 20 uh, against Denver. This is a tough matchup for Patrick Mahomes uh, and this passing offense. However, Denver has let up lately against the slot. Okay. It wasn't happening earlier, earlier on, but over the last eight weeks, Denver has given up the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. And over the last four, the seventh most. Fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So, little sneaky juju action this week. Okay, yeah. got him in the top 20 here. Um, I don't think I'm starting him over Amari, but I think, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried, I, I would say. Yes, the last couple of weeks he hasn't been doing his thing and not something not something surprising to me, but he still has a ceiling. It's still Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't over, you know, do it where I'm just like completely benching him this week. Yeah, I know I a lot of people will. I know a lot yeah, of people the will. They'll, they'll look the right here. And the fact that he hasn't been performing since, you know, he hasn't had a good game since, you know, several weeks ago. But a lot of that was because he was He hurt. hasn't had a good game since he got that injury, since he hit the, got that yeah. concussion, right? Mm-hmm. Since then, it's like exactly. he was finally catching fire a little bit and he got that concussion and now he's just back to the same old, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster from earlier in the season. Um, I'm not sure if this is a matchup where he turns it around, but, you know, like you said, the slot... Uh, matchup is a bit intriguing so maybe you could start him there i think this is a little bit high for him anyway um the chief off chiefs offense looked human last week you know against the Bengals, and obviously the denver's defense you know they're pretty good too i'm not expecting them to you know shut down patrick mahomes nobody really shuts down patrick mahomes but um i'm not sure i would start juju smith schuster over josh palmer i think josh palmer has a better matchup He's a clearer number two option. I mean, even though Juju, I guess you could call him the wide receiver one there in Kansas City, he hasn't been used like it. Um, I, I would maybe put Josh Palmer over him this week. I, I'm not a big fan of Juju um, this week. And I, I haven't really been a big Juju guy all season. Um, I think that's kind of been justified with the way he's been playing. He had that stretch where he's kind of defying the odds, but he's come back to earth. And I think this is kind of where he's going to settle. I don't see much of a ceiling here. It kind of, the production kind of reminds me of Allen Robinson. Yeah, I, I think he has a higher ceiling than Josh Palmer this week, personally. Um, I think, you know, Palmer, he's going to get the receptions. The t- If he lines up on the right side where he's been lining up a lot lately, uh, it's a very tough matchup. I mean, the Miami's giving up the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers on that right side. Um, he could do his thing. Just keep in mind also Mike Williams might play this week. This is a limited uh, – he, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. So it's possible, you know, Palmer isn't as, as good of a play. <laughs> he's still a flex yeah. play, though, because – the last time this happened, like Palmer caught two touchdowns, had a big game when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both active. Yep, that um, makes sense. But, but yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm going with Juju over Palmer. Personally, I'm going over. So I have Debo, I have Palmer at 21. I have Debo at 22. Uh, I moved Debo up just a little bit because um, it looks like Brock Purdy is really, you know, aiming to sh- throw it short and intermediate for the most part. Yep. That's going to favor Christian McCaffrey. It's going to favor Debo Samuel. This is the first time I have Debo ranked over Brandon Ayuk this year, um, but that's part of the reason why. I mean, I like their matchups this this week overall. Debo is dealing with a little bit of that um, that what is it? He has like a like a thigh thing. Like a it's not a thigh though. They yeah, don't call not, it a thigh because it's that's a little sexual quad. Um, like, quad. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they call is that it, what it they're is. They're calling it. A, they're calling it a quad. I call it a thigh. You know what are you going to do? <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he's a little bit banged up, but still like he was able to play last week and he was fine and he was able to, you know, rack up some receptions. Hopefully he's able to get some after the catch ability back, you know, after, you know, as he recovers from that injury. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing with 
Brock Purdy, he didn't look that bad last week. And obviously, you know, that was against Miami. Um, I think Tampa Bay, they're not a terribly impressive defense, but they have some playmakers, so they can, you know, give him a little bit of trouble. But I think Brock Purdy is going to be fine. And I think I agree with having Debo here a little bit because he's more of a playmaker, I think, after the catch and Brandon Ayuk is. And he could lean into Debo Samuel, you know, this week, the way that Jimmy Garoppolo really didn't. Jimmy Garoppolo was targeting Brandon Ayuk you know, most of the time more than Debo Samuel. And that was benefiting Brandon Ayuk a lot. You know, even with Debo yeah. Samuel on the field, Brandon Ayuk was getting those receptions. So this change at quarterback could be for the better for Debo Samuel. We'll see how it goes. If you're a Debo Samuel manager, you know, you, you might be jumping for joy a little bit because this could be an opportunity for him to kind of, you know, step back up into this offense where he's been pretty quiet the past few weeks. So I think this is good news for Debo Samuel managers. I would have him here. That makes sense. Um, if you watch, I don't know if you saw the one play. It's like, Brock Purdy does not look like Mr. Irrelevant. You know, he took the the Dolphins blitzed him. He rolled out right with the defenders that. in his face and threw like a sidearm pass to the sideline. And the guy caught it. I mean, it was only an eight yard game, but that's not the type well, of stuff you expect from the last pick in the draft. What was really cool about that was that, you know, so so the guy, so, so the blitzer, so the blitzer came in from his right side, from the defense's left side, coming right. around the edge, and he let the defender come right at him to take advantage of the angle. Yeah, he rolled right that, into it. That's what it if was. That def- if, if that defender was coming, you know, on that right side, and if Purdy reacted to that right of way and started running out of the pocket, it would have been a sack. Yeah. But instead, he stayed in the pocket. He knew that guy was coming. And as soon as that guy came near him, he dashed to the right. And, you know, he made a miss, miss the sack. And then he, like you said, he completed that ball on the run. Right. That was a very impressive play. I saw that. And that was that yeah. was that was awesome. It it doesn't look like it's going to be all that bad. Obviously, does anyone expect Mr. Irrelevant to lead the Niners to a Super Bowl or something like that? No, but in terms of fantasy production, you know, it looks like they're gonna be and fine in the regular season, you know. These 49ers fans are so funny. I have a lot of 49ers friends, and like 49ers Twitter is hilarious. Yeah. You know, they're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo potentially being back, you know, maybe for an NFC championship game, and everyone's so excited. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, guys, make it to the NFC Championship game first. Like, everyone's just assuming that they're yeah. going to make it to the NFC Championship game. Yes, they have a great team. They could get there with Brock Purdy if their defense continues to play lights out. Yep. But still, do you really think, you know, can you get past the Cowboys? Can you get past the Eagles, you know, with Brock Purdy as your quarterback? I don't know. Let's think about that first before you worry about Jimmy Garoppolo coming back <laughs> for right. you know, the playoffs. That's, that's just going to be interesting. Don't get me wrong. I love the whole story of Brock Purdy. I think this is going to be really interesting going down the stretch. But uh, like you said, I'm not sure if they're going to be, you know, going anywhere this season um, as far as, you know, playoffs are concerned. But I think it looks like from what we saw last week, and we'll see how it goes this week. I think he's going to be fine, too. Um, that They'll be relevant. There shouldn't be too much change, change in terms of the fantasy value of the other players on the offense like we've seen when other quarterbacks go down. We got uh, Jerry Judy here at 23. He's going up against uh, Ladarius Sneed. Uh, that's a good matchup, you know, against the Chiefs. You know, uh, Colton Sutton has pretty much been ruled out for this week yeah. uh, already. Like, they, they said that he's not going to play. That's not a good sign. He has a hamstring injury. I'm assuming he'll be out again the following week. But I think Judy is a solid play. I have him here as a low-end wide receiver, too. You know, is, in ter- especially in a PPR league, you know, he can be solid. You know, early on in in, in the year, like, Judy had some good games, you know, like he had, you know, uh, a um, seven for 96, six for 63 and a touchdown. Um, and this was before, you know, he got hurt uh, before the bye week. And then he got hurt in week 10 right after the bye. Um, so he right. could have a decent day. Like I, I wouldn't expect a huge ceiling or anything like that. But for, you know, a solid PPR guy, I think he could he could do something this week. Yeah, the way the Broncos offense is playing, you can't expect a high ceiling from anybody. But even when Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy were on the field, Russell Wilson was targeting Jerry Judy plenty. You know, I'd argue he was targeting him more than Cortland Sutton and giving him more quality targets than Cortland Sutton was getting. Now you don't have to worry about starting Cortland Sutton this week. Obviously, um, he didn't do much for you last week, uh, so he's probably going to be out this week. I'm not worried about that. I think Jerry Judy stands to benefit the most, and maybe Greg Dulcich, but this offense is terrible. Um, I don't expect him to put up more than 16 points this week yeah i mean you know he did well against marlon humphrey last week went four for 65 uh which is pretty impressive to be honest yeah. so like i think he could do something this week against the chiefs um i got jacoby myers at 24 uh he might have a concussion they didn't 
formally say anything yet, but he did leave last week's game, you know, in the in the end zone, he got hit pretty hard, causing an objection, yeah. um, you know, by the d- defensive player. Uh, so, you know, their first official practice is tomorrow because these guys hit them and um, Arizona are playing on Monday night. So they don't have to give an official designation on, uh, on Wednesday. They, they give it on Thursday. So we'll see what happens. But there's a possibility that Myers is out for this game uh, with in concussion protocol. So so we'll see how that goes. Just keep that in mind. If he does play, though, the matchup is great. Uh, yeah. Arizona's been terrible against slot wide receivers. I think this could be a bounce back game for him. If he almost had a touchdown last week, but you know, if he ends up he ends up playing, I, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I think he would have had a much better week, you know, last week too, if he didn't get that injury um, partway through. It was, did he not play? He he. he coming it, it was a injury. shoulder. It was a shoulder injury early on. Yeah, like in the game before, he couldn't play the whole game. So that's what I mean. He's like, he's been like ailing a little bit, which. Yeah. Is I think is definitely hurting his production because you look at his production earlier in the season, it was super reliable. You know, he's actually a very good receiver for you, um, especially as a flex. You know, he was putting up 12, 14 points a game with a relatively decent ceiling. And the past few weeks, he's just kind of been what we expected him to be pretty much. He was definitely exceeding expectations earlier this season. Um, but I, even if he does play, I would just temper expectations because I know it is a good matchup, but. The Patriots offense hasn't been playing very well as of late, even though it is a good matchup. And Jacoby Myers, like we said, if he's coming off an injury, he's been ailing the past few weeks. We've seen what that's yielded for him. He's only had, um, what is it, 10 catches the past three games. So I would temper expectations a little bit. I don't think this is really a ceiling play, but if you're in a spot where you want to hold on and see if he can do something for you, you know, as a last gasp and maybe make the playoffs, you could do that. It doesn't help that this is a Monday night because now you have to make a decision to either hold on to him and ride him out, and then he doesn't start, that would suck. Or if you have a better option available, like if you have Jerry Judy, are you starting him over Jacoby Myers? I mean, obviously he's higher in the rankings. But like, what about a guy like Devontae Smith? What do you think? Yeah, it, it, it depends. Um, so if Jacoby if – Jaco- if I know Jacoby's playing, then yeah, I'm playing him over Devontae Smith this week because I, I don't love the matchup for Devontae Smith this week. Uh, but, but Jacoby Myers, um, you know – I would watch the practice reports. If he does not get a full practice on Saturday, I would assume that he's not going to play, and I would not play him. If he gets a limited on Saturday, that means he's probably not going to play because in order to pass the concussion protocol, assuming that he's going to be in the concussion protocol, we'll find out today. But in order to pass the concussion protocol, you have to have at least one full practice in order to be eligible. Um, And then on top of that, on Sunday, you might not even know because they might not declare these out of the concussion protocol until Monday. So that would be annoying as well. So I would only, obviously, going into Sunday, you have to know whether Myers is cleared or not. And, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. Right. You know, We've had this um, situation, it feels like, a lot. Because the same thing happened, I think, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams the other week, too. Yeah, and then Joe Mixon. You know, it happens. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it, it happens. You know, it happens a lot. Um, Devontae Smith, solid play. You know, he's been up and down. Last week, he had a great matchup, and he came through. This week, not such a great matchup on that right side on that in, in that slot. The Jets, Giants are really more vulnerable on the left side, but everywhere else on the slot on the right perimeter, they've been holding it down pretty well. So don't right. love the matchup. I don't think his ceiling is that high this week. DJ no, Moore, I, I don't see much of a ceiling there either. Sorry. Yeah, DJ Moore at twenty six against Seattle. I have him in the top thirty here. You know, <laughs> you know, Sam Darnold came in before the bye, and you know he gave him a good game in a tough matchup. You know, I would imagine the the Panthers are going to be down in this game. They're going to have to throw a little bit. So I think DJ Moore can have a decent day. So I do have him as a high wide receiver three. Yeah, I think that's where he belongs because we have to remember at the end of the day, even though they did well last week against, not last week, but the the last time they played against the Broncos, uh, this is Sam Darnold we're dealing with. So the, the quarterback situation in Carolina has not been fantastic. Obviously, DJ Moore has dealt with that his whole career, and he can produce in spite of that, but I'm not sure. One good game, I'm not sure if he can tie together two good games you know, in a row. Obviously, maybe the buy separating that might help him, but Seattle's good. I think they'll go up in this game. I'm not sure how much scoring the Panthers are going to do, uh, but DJ Moore, he should, he should have a nice enough floor that he can be starting. I think it makes sense to have him here in the top 30, but I wouldn't put him much higher than where we have him right now. I have Brandon Ayuk at 27. You know, just really a this is really low for him. This is really just a product of the new quarterback. Uh, I need to see more. I need to see more of a connection uh, between him and Ayuk. Um, until yep. I see that, I, I won't rank him too high. Ayuk has a really good matchup this week, but like I said, 
just worried about the quarterback just a little bit. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of weapons to feed as well. You know, it's okay to be excited for Brock Purdy, but it's also okay to be wor- worried about him, especially <laughs> if you you know have any of these 49ers receivers. Um, he looks like he's going to provide similar production to Jimmy Garoppolo, but like we said, remains to be seen. Uh, I have Mike Evans super low at 28 against San yep. Francisco. He's earned. I it. mean, you, you just <laughs> he's can't. This ranking. can't you, can, you can't depend on him right now. You know, if you're trying to make the playoffs, like. How can you depend on him going up against San Francisco? You know, they've been pretty good against perimeter wide receivers, you know, especially from where he lines up specifically. They've given up the second least fantasy points, you know, on that side. Um, yeah. You know, so it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not excited about it at all. <laughs> so, like, no. if, I could, if I have a good option, like, you know, I was like, you know, do I want to start DJ Shark? Like, DJ Shark has a higher ceiling than Mike Evans this week. You know, I have Jesus Shark at 29 because I, you know, Minnesota has been terrible against perimeter wide receivers this year, like I mentioned earlier. So that's why I love Shark this week as a solid flex play, solid wide receiver three play. Um, he's been getting it done. He got it done last week. Um, so I listen, man, if you need, a, if you, I, you didn't hear it from me, but if you need some upside, you might want to play DJ Shark over my Mike Evans. I, uh, I can't wait. I'm, I can't wait to clip. I can't wait to clip this next week. And, I'm in agreement. How wrong, how wrong I was. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're going to be wrong. Like I said, this matchup is not good. Mike Evans has been bad. Even if this wasn't against San Francisco, if this was against, okay, I'm not going to say Minnesota, but if this was a neutral <laughs> matchup, I think I'd still start DJ Jerk over Mike Evans. I don't think I'd be starting Mike Evans anyway at this point. I mean, there's probably better guys right now that you have on your team. Um, you probably draft him to be your wide receiver one, but he hasn't been that for a long time now. And like I said, this doesn't seem to be like, oh, he's just not getting the targets. I don't know what it is, but there's something seriously wrong with the Mike Evans role in this offense. He's not getting those targets. Chris Godwin obviously has come on. He's getting a bunch of targets, but there's no reason for him him to have such a quiet game. I don't think he got a target in the game uh, on Monday until like four or five minutes left in the second quarter. So they're just not looking his way. So I'm not sure what it is. I would maybe put DJ Chark over Mike Evans, and it might be a bit of an overreaction because we still know that Mike Evans has it in him. We just haven't seen it in a long time. Minnesota has given up the eight, the the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks. So right. something to keep in mind for DJ Chark. And then Adam Thielen, I have him here at thirty. You know, it was between him and who else did I have there? I think I had at thirty-one and thirty-two. I had guys like. Zay Jones, um, I think. Zay Jones, you know, guys like that, pretty much. So uh, he had Zay Jones, Mac Hollins, Corey Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Guys like right. that. Those, that exactly. Boom. Boom. There you go. So that, that's kind of like the guys that I'm looking at at 31 through 34. But uh, if you want the rest of the rankings, uh, you can check out Patreon slash patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy. Link is also here in the description. Uh, you can check that out and you can see all of my rankings. I'll include flex rankings as well. That's going to be up later today. Let's get into tight end rankings real quick. Let's slide through these. Yeah. Uh, not much to talk about. No. Travis Kelsey at number one. Uh, Mark Andrews at number two. I notice I didn't even talk about the matchups because who cares? TJ yep. Hawkinson, uh, revenge game against Detroit. <laughs> one of many revenge game. I can't believe they traded him within the division. Still can't believe that. Yeah, um, maybe maybe TJ Hawkinson just wanted to stay close to home. You know, <laughs> I just want to come back and hang out with the guys, you know, twice a week, yeah. twice a year. And, Don't and, trade and me to the AFC. Okay. The choice, like, okay, no problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's at number three. Dalton Schultz is at number four. Dalton Schultz, by the way, uh, his rap participation increased a ton last week 91% rap participation last week. That is awesome. And if that yeah. continues, he's gonna absolutely kill it the rest of the way. And don't be surprised, don't be surprised if he finishes as the tight end two behind Travis Kelsey the rest of the way. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. With Dak Prescott, a quarterback, he's a different tight end. And that's what it comes down to. Um, Dak Prescott makes He's been getting it done. He's been getting it done without running that many routes. Like, for yeah. the year, his route participation has been 60%. Okay? Yep. Like and I said. 91% last week. Is that going to continue? I hope so. In the, red, in the red zone, Dallas runs a lot of tight end, you know, lineups and sets. They use a lot of tight ends down at the in the red zone and on the goal line. So, they don't have a whole lot of receivers on the field in those sets. He could get those money touches. He doesn't have to run a bunch of routes. He doesn't have to catch a bunch of passes to produce, you know, at top five tight end level. And that's what we're seeing. He's in a good offense. 
you know, he's good enough as a tight end. Obviously, it was a quiet week last week, but he's finished as a tight end six, tight end three, and tight end one since in three weeks since um that came back. Obviously, there are other quieter finishes in between, but Dalton Schultz is getting it done. And Dak makes Dalton Schultz like Justin Fields makes Cole Komet. And obviously, they're on by this week, but that's the comparison I have in terms of their value you know, going up or down with the quarterback that's playing. We have George Kittle at five. Uh, he's been last week was such a disappointment, but you know, hopefully him and Bur- Purdy can get some sort of thing going on. David Njoku, uh, hopefully he's back this week. He practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday. So if he's back, fire him up. Pat Frymuth, uh at seven against Baltimore. We talked about him last week, his route participation going down, you know, to below 60%, which is not good. That's not what you want to see. Hopefully it was a one game blip. Uh, Gerald Everett at eight against Miami. He had a great game last week. Uh, hopefully he can kind of ride that momentum, you know, going into this week. Uh, let me just, I wanted to check what Gerald Everett's rapid participation was last week. It was the same. It was the same as the week before, 62%, which isn't high, but, you know, on this offense, like he kind of gets the target. So it is what it is. Yep. Greg Dulcich has always been running a high participation, a rapid participation. He's at nine against Kansas City. Um, you know, he's been up and down. And, you know, I had him on my roster in our league. And, you know, I've been starting him over the past, like, three weeks. He's shut the bed every single week, even though yep. he's been running so many routes. And then finally, he, he has a big game last week, and that's when I dropped him, right before the game, of course. Yeah. Um, so are you picking him in, back up? In, in, in typical <laughs> for us fashion. I couldn't. I couldn't. I had no fab left. Right. I, mean, I, could, right. I couldn't do it. I would have, though. Uh, going up against Kansas City, solid matchup. I think these top nine are like, kind of like locked into lineups, I would say. If you have him, you're probably starting him. Yeah. Um, I, I would break that top nine just kind of in the – Two parts. You have your general, you know, your every week contributors, every week tight end ones, which is Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, George Kittle. Outside of that now, it's just then you go and you look for the physical specimens, David Njoku, <laughs> Pat Fryermuth, Gerald Everett, you know, the athleticism, Greg Dulcich, Greg, and then Greg it's just Dulcich, stream, sure. then it's just streamer territory. Then I call yeah. I, I call Greg Tulsa Greg Dulcich a physical specimen based solely yes. on his hair. No, but he's also very athletic. <laughs> but you know, but the rest of the guys af- outside of that, it's it's the tight end ones, the physical specimens who have the upside to be tight end ones, and then you know you have the streamers and Foster Moreau. I guess he, he's a bigger guy, but he's not quite as athletic as these guys. And no. I think that that kind of starts off, you know, that streamer territory where it's just like yeah. anybody's game. So I had him at ten, Foster Moreau, then Evan Ingram against Tennessee. I think he could have a decent game in this one. He had one last week. Tyler Conklin against Buffalo. You know, hoping he can kind of bounce back because. You know, he was targeted last week, but he had a couple drop passes. It was a game to forget for him. Um, the the one thing that I'm I'm hoping with Tyler Conklin is that Mike White was wearing a Tyler Conklin shirt going into last week's game. Okay, <laughs> so the shirt narrative this, is still alive. This is how you make your choices at tight end at this point in the season. With, and it is, hey, his quarterback is wearing a shirt of him. So yeah, this means he's going to be throwing him. This is what it's come down to. And because of that shirt. He's ranked as a low-end tight end one. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs> yes, that's how we do Daniel, it. I got Daniel Bellinger at 13. He came back last week from that eye injury. Uh, got five targets, caught all five of his passes. So solid PPR option if you need one. Cade Otten at 14. He got a bunch of targets from, from Tom Brady last week, caught a touchdown. Um, you know, going up against San Francisco, a little bit of a tough matchup, but, you know, pay attention to him. Hunter Henry against Arizona, great matchup. He has a very high ceiling and a floor of zero in this game. Uh, Tyler, because it was a good matchup against Arizona. Tyler Higby, we'll see what he does tonight. You know, good matchup, but like he hasn't been running a ton of routes lately. We'll see what happens. Right. Chigozium Okonkwo, somebody to pay attention to. Um, you know, he actually, um, Desmond Ritter is the quarterback yeah, for the Falcons. How about that? Um, uh, great pickup. By somebody in our league, he already got picked up in our superflex, right, Zach? Yeah, um, I, th- I think he did. But, but before that was a couple weeks check, ago. Before you check, let me check. Oh, he's already picked up. I would have picked him. Yeah, up I was right gonna now. say I need him. You can't be doing that you're, here on live on the live show. You can't be screwing. If over you're in a superflex two quarterback league, go pick up Desmond Ritter right now. Go do it. He's on by this week, but this is for next week. Did you just pick yeah. up somebody? That- yeah, I did the I did the token pick and token pick up the tight end we're talking about on stream. I did that a couple weeks ago. We, we just um, pick up Bellinger. Yeah, because oh, I'm, I'm I'm starting damn. Trey McBride right now, so uh, it's not really a good situation. Dude. I had Hayden Hurst. He got hurt. I have Dallas Goddard in my IR. I love I'll trade Goddard you. I'll back. trade you Conklin. I'll trade you Conklin for Bellinger right now. Uh, I'm gonna do Bellinger. Do you have a quarterback for Dude. me? <laughs> like anybody? No. Any starters? <laughs> uh, I have I picked up Baker Mayfield hoping he'd play. Justin Fields, 
has left me out to dry this week. Obviously, it's not in his control, but I've been. I do want to talk about Chagosium Okonkwo though, real quick. Um, you know, he's a he's also a physical specimen. Um, you know, with uh, what's his name, who went out last week? Um, Traylon Burks went out last week. You know, after he went out, Okonkwo ran a ton of routes. Uh, someone to pay attention to. He's a rookie, and he's he looks really good. Just wanted to yeah. mention him. Dawson Austin against the Jets. Noah Fan against Carolina. Then Austin Hooper against Jacksonville. That kind of rounds out our top twenty. And good luck, everybody. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be doing an episode where we answer a bunch of start sick questions. We'll be going over some underdog stuff going into the weekend. Uh, maybe we'll do a little underdog draft going into this weekend for the Sunday we slate. Maybe we could. we could do something like that um, live yeah. uh, on the podcast. So we'll, we'll we'll think about that, and we'll definitely answer a bunch of start sick questions going into this week, important week. So hopefully, you know, you, you got your question answered, and it works out for you and you make the playoffs. Good luck, everybody. Uh, We'll see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy. Bye-bye.